Hello and welcome to another episode of the Technical Talk Podcast. In this episode, we'll be continuing our evaluations and analysis in the Eastern Conference with a catch-up on the Atlanta Hawks and Boston Celtics series, in which the Celtics currently lead two games to nothing, with Game 3 coming your way Friday night. It's good to have you with me once again, so without further ado, I'll get you straight to the intro. You're out of your mind. There is no way that LeBron will ever be Jordan. Nobody will ever be Jordan, okay? Okay, LeBron's a better rebounder and passer. Will you let me finish? Can you, can you let me finish? Call me when LeBron has six championships. Is that your only argument? It's the only argument I need, Sean! All right, getting right into it. We'll break down, matchup-wise, who has the advantage between these two teams. Boston brings the experience advantage as last year they reached the NBA Finals and now understand, despite them being quite young when it comes to average age, what it takes to be the cream of the crop in not only the Eastern Conference but the entire NBA. While Atlanta doesn't have quite the playoff experience, which is important even when we're discussing the first round. If we look at the starting lineup for Atlanta and just their playoff experience, um, the specific lineup that we'll look at is the Game 1 starting lineup, uh, which is their most consistent starting lineup of Trey Young, Deontay Murray, DeAndre Hunter, excuse me, John Collins, and Clint Capella. The playoff experience when it comes to games played, Young has 23, Murray has 18, DeAndre Hunter has 12, John Collins has 25, Clint Capella has 83 because of those deep runs that he had in Houston. All in all, the Atlanta Hawks bring in a total playoff experience of 161 games played. If we look at the other side and the playoff experience of the starting five that Joe Mazzullo rolled out in game one of Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Al Horford, their playoff experience is Smart with 90 games, Brown with 87 Tatum with 76, and Al Horford with a whopping 149 for a total experience of 402 games played. Jumping into their averages and stats as a lineup this season, as a unit this year, the starting lineup for the Hawks in the 44 games together that they've managed to have, they've averaged 42 points on 49.2% shooting from the floor, 34.3% shooting from three, and their advanced stats as a unit has... um, an offensive rating of 115.9, and a defensive rating of 110.6. All of the mentioned statistics are team-leading, of course. As for the Celtics, their starting five actually has less games played, which is mostly due to the tinkering Joe Mazzulla has had to do, primarily in the absence of Robert Williams III, who has been in and out of the lineup all year due to injury. If we take a look at their lineup statistics through the 35 games together that they've had, we see the starting five for the Celtics is averaging 32.5 points on 51.7% from the floor and 40.8% from three. Their advanced statistics as a unit are, are an offensive rating of 124 and a defensive rating of 111.8 overall. When we jump into the comparison of the two units, you see a considerable gap between the traditional stats department. Specifically, the points per unit, as the Hawks simply have had more games played. But the offensive rating and defensive rating, respectively, are what I want you to focus on. The Celtics match their offense with a defense that is equally as good as their plus-minus is 12.2, while the Hawks' plus-minus as a group is only 5.3. Defense is arguably more important in the scoring frenzy that is the NBA this season, and lacking in it can spell a really tough time for anyone. 
Moving on to interior defense, the Hawks had a really difficult time in Game 1 when it came to the penetration department. Something that this team depends on heavily is Trey Young and Deontay Murray used the picks set by Biggs to get their floaters and lamps in the paint due to the overcompensation by defenses and trying to really eliminate the alley-oop or pass to the big man uh, on screen actions. Boston managed to control that, and the overall paint production by the Hawks in Game 1, and it paid dividends from the jump as Young and Murray struggled all night to get comfortable and find their favorite spots. That brings us into the shooting comparison. Atlanta managed to shoot just 17.2% from 3 in Game 1, something that you truly cannot afford to have, especially when you have a player like Trey Young on your roster. Young as a whole this season shot 33.5% from beyond the arc, and the reason that I'm doing this comparison is because Trey composes about 32.4% of the total offense of the Atlanta Hawks when you look at his usage percentage. The Hawks go as Trey Young goes, and in Game 1, he simply didn't get going. The Celtics, on the other hand, did not have this problem, as they shot 39.4% from 3 and 47.7% from the from <clears throat> the floor overall. Excuse me, And they're obviously led by Brown and Tatum, Brown of who brings in the 31.4%. Usage percentage compared to Tatum's 32.6. That duo combined in Game 1 for 54 points. Boston won Game 1, 112-99. to Jumping right into Game 2. In Game 2, we saw the Hawks come out really aggressive and seemingly dismissing of the offensive struggle that they have, uh, that they ran into, excuse me, in Game 1. But that feeling of security would fade as the game went on, and they found themselves once again down double digits at multiple points in the game. A main reason for this was the lack of paint presence of Atlanta, combined with the fast break points generated by Boston. Boston tacked on a whopping 64 points in the paint in Game 2 compared to Atlanta's 40. The good news is for Atlanta, as the series shifts back to State Farm Arena, is that they shot the ball a lot better as a team in this game, as they hit 33.3% from beyond the arc. But they once again could not compare defensively, as this time they allowed Jason Tatum a double-double with 29 points and 10 rebounds, but the true surprise was Derek White, who contributed his own 26 points, as Boston took their game to lead, eventually closing out the Hawks with a 119-106 victory. Looking ahead to Game 3, the Hawks are now in the same do-or-die situation that we spoke about with the Brooklyn Nets in our first episode. They simply don't have the defensive capability to handle the offense that Tatum and Brown bring to the table. And as a team that finds themselves with their backs against the wall down 2 to nothing, the simple truth is, if you can't find a way to limit just one of the two stars of the Celtics, you truly do not have a respectable chance of winning. It is the NBA playoffs, and Atlanta holds a good home record at 24-17, and 17, so anything is possible. But, you know, if Tatum and Brown have the offensive performances that they've almost become accustomed to against Atlanta this season, it'll be a really long night and subsequently a home court advantage or any home court advantage that Atlanta feels that they may have is simply just going to be taken away. As we come to the end of another episode of Technical Talk, I'd just like to take the time out of my day to thank you for taking the time out of your day to continuously listen and check in on this podcast. I appreciate any feedback that we receive, not only on our Spotify pages, but on the other platform pages that we have. And it just helps me continue to grow this podcast and get it out to more and more people. 
So once again, just thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. We'll see you in the next one. And lastly, enjoy the playoffs and enjoy.